you are listening to Takedowns to Breakdowns. Happy post uh, cowboy post Conor McGregor. Oh my god, dude. Yay. Like, We're here. It's happening. It happened. Oh boy, it happened. If one was to experience getting their cherry popped again, like that's exactly what this weekend felt. Aggressive. Is that how you felt about uh <laughs> that's how you felt about the win? Yeah, I, that's just how I felt in general. Just watching dozens upon dozens of Connor interviews and just seeing um and as he puts, it's not necessarily uh, uh, the old Connor, but it's a new Connor. It's a Connor that's matured and, you know, learned from his past mistakes. And he's he's at least trying to, you know, move forward. And um, he seemed so positive and happy and just so motivated. And because um, for a while, and I, I'm pretty sure I've expressed my feelings uh towards connor in the past but i for a while i kind of started uh not liking him because of the person he was either trying to be or the person he was becoming due to uh his fame and fair enough i i feel like this was a almost like a rebirth or um a redemption type of thing and you know the outcome of ufc 246 just made it so much better um i mean i thought he looked great it, just it, it was just the whole package for me the whole package for you yeah yeah um i think he <clears throat> looked really good uh more than not only did he look really good and we've kind of discussed this he looked like his old self Yes. So the big thing that I was talking about with people at work was, is he going to look composed? Because he hasn't looked composed, I feel, in a while. And he did. He looked he, he looked great. I mean, he looked fantastic. It was a, a really good... Uh, I mean, I feel bad for Cowboy. Like, I wish Cowboy was going to throw and bang for a bit. I thought Cowboy... I actually said Cowboy was going to win. I thought, Cow, I thought Connor would come in the same washed-up rich guy that he has been. And Cowboy was going to tune him until the third. But Connor came out and he was ferocious. He was patient. He was composed. He measured his shots. He surprised him with the shoulder hits. He he followed through yeah. smart and precise. It was it was a good showing. It was a very good showing. Absolutely. Um, maybe I'd be jumping the gun here. But where do you see Cowboy as far as his future goes, I mean, do you see him continuing? I know he he talks. He, I know I understand he loves fighting. He loves the game. It's who he is. It's in his heart. Do you think it's time for him to retire? Because in my opinion, in my outlook, um, I feel like he's a very back and forth fighter when it comes to a win streak, a lose streak. Um, and don't get me wrong. I mean, he's a veteran. He's one of the greats still. I I think in you know the top ten of all time. But I don't know, man. I I I feel like for the the sport, I think it's time for him to hang up the gloves. Ooh, aggressive! You're you're aggressive this week. Um, calling for retirement on Cowboy. I would say 
it wouldn't surprise me if he did, but I don't think he needs to. I think, unfortunately, at this point, he's at a gatekeeper spot. I mean, he's kind of been like that for a while now, right? He's been a guy who's yeah never yeah. been able to pull it off in the big spotlight moments. He's never been the guy. He's never been able to be the guy who steps up when adversity for the like uh, for the belt or championship comes along. He's never been able to pull it off. But here's the thing. People are going to love him no matter what. Like, Cowboy didn't lose any fans that night. He maybe even gained fans. Oh, no. Like, Cowboy is yes. one of the few guys that has the ability to maintain this weird... Every outcome with Cowboy is positive. When Cowboy's eye exploded because he blew, because he blew his nose in the Tony Ferguson fight. That was the Ferguson fight, right? Yeah, that was the Ferguson fight, I believe. Yes, um, Ferguson. Yep. People were like, oh, come on, Cowboy, you blew your nose. But nobody was like, oh, f- fuck Cowboy and this and this and Tony's the shit and Cowboy's nothing. Everybody was just, no, it's Cowboy. You, you, His stocks never didn't go down. So because of that, I think he's going to fight. He's going to fight for probably another two years. He's going to s- stay in this motion that he's at, but he's probably going to fight for another two years. Um, and he's still going to be good enough to tune up dudes who think that they have what it takes. Like, he tuned yeah. up, like, Alex Hernandez. Al Quinta came in, and he tuned up Al. Like, he still has the ability to do it. But just, here's my thing, and I am, I'm going to be honest, I was one of them. I forgot just, I was re-watching a lot of Connor fights. And the one I watched the most was probably Connor and Diaz, too. Because that was when the last time Connor was put against the wall. Kind of like now. He has a comeback okay. fight from Khabib. His, his... Um, his image is on the line. His act, like he has a lot of things, you know, on the line to lose. And I felt like he fought with so much composure and intent, st- with sticking to a specific game plan. And Diaz too. I was thinking if Connor comes back like that, fantastic. But I don't think he's going to. But you forget how well he measures distance. You forget how well he times and and has such good precision with his strikes and and you forget how you you forget what what got him to the dance you know you for, yeah like i did i know i forgot i knew he was good oh he has the left bleh. he has the left hand knockout whatever it's just i forgot about all the other uh, like the small intangibles of his ability like if you rewatch connor versus eddie alvarez i don't know i i, I figured I, I was just gonna talk about that yeah, yeah. I, I figured he that connor would never come back but that Connor came back yep. in that fight. Donald Cerrone didn't land a single significant strike for the first, the entire, granted the fight was 41 seconds, but he didn't land a significant strike in 41 seconds. So technically yeah. in an entire fight, he never landed a significant strike. You know, that that's the, this is the Eddie Alvarez level of just domination type fight where it just looks ridiculous. It's like, why is this guy in the ring against him? Or the octagon? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to point out, kind of to piggyback what you were saying, you know, because I was I was going through some of his older fights as well um, when he was like coming up in the UFC, and uh, man, that Alvarez fight when you really like study it, it's almost as if Connor isn't even looking at an opponent; it's more or less of him looking at like a like a, a practice dummy or something. <laughs> the way he's it it's weird like the way he's um measuring his distance and every time Eddie tries to like you know uh tag him or whatever it's almost like 
Connor's uh, like swatting a fly. Like he, his focus is on the target. It's like, oh, something's in my peripherals. Let me just swat it away. And he's just studying and studying. And then, bam, he takes the shot, knocks that down. I mean, how many times? What two, three times? Maybe more than that. All it took was one shot, and Eddie's on the ground. I mean, yeah. You want to talk about fight IQ? Like that was the one fight that stuck out. That stood out. You know, it's just. It's it's like Eddie wasn't a person. Yeah, it was just it, it was just a, it, it was incredible. Yeah, Eddie 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 got played, right? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of getting played, have you heard the rumors? And well, not the rumors, more of like the shouting from angry fans about how apparently Conor McGregor, uh, or not Conor McGregor, Cowboy Cerrone threw the fight. Did you hear that? The amount of, no. amount of people mad that Donald Cerrone got paid to throw the fight so Conor would win. So it would rise. It would uh, raise Conor's stock. I don't believe that whatsoever. I think. Neither do I. I think it's. Um, and actually, I, I believe you've mentioned this before, which stuck with me, is the thing with Cowboy and what makes him special is he's, he's a slow starter. Mm-hmm. And he really picks it up towards the last few rounds. Correct. And obviously, he didn't get his chance. Correct. I mean, if the if the fight were to last, you know, the th- full three rounds or however many rounds, um, I feel like it would have went differently. I mean, what I th- I believe it would have Connor would have had the same outcome. I believe he would have won no matter what. But I believe we would have seen an all out war. Uh. By the end of the, or somewhere in the last round. Right. No, I so I, I was shocked when people were saying, oh, Cowboy threw it. He was paid off. Like, Connor paid him off to take a dive. And it's like, dude, his yeah. nose is broken and he has a fractured orbital bone. Like, in the post-fight interview in the Octagon, his nose is already swelling and bleeding. And he already has a black eye. It's like, you think you... And may I remind everyone, this is a Connor going in, first off, coming back to the sport with ring rust yeah and at a heavier weight than he's used to yes so well he says he wants to get the belt at 170 pounds yeah and to be honest i think that's a great move well first off I think it's a great move. I get it. He's he sells pay-per-views. He's he, at this point he's pretty much the face of the UFC no matter what. I get that. But I think it's such a smart move for him to just stay at 170 for now, get those fights in. You know what? Go for the championship. Dude, there's monsters um, there. Monsters. Absolutely. That's Jorge Masvidal, that's Colby Covington, that's Tyron Woodley, that's Kamaru Usman, yeah. that's Rafael Dos Anjos, that's Damian Maya, that's Steven Thompson. That's Robbie Lawler. Yeah. Robbie Lawler. It's just refreshing to know. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you. no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, interrupt me. It's it's just refreshing to know that when a fighter comes back, they're actually going to stay at a weight class. Like, I, I feel like we're slowly but surely going to see these fighters. If certain people move up or down in weight, they're not going to do it just for one fight and then jump to another weight class. Like, I, I, I kind of respect. Uh, what Connor's trying to do. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I think Connor, if Connor's going to be like, if Connor's at this level right now, I think he cuts through pretty much everybody at lightweight. 
He cuts through mm-hmm. Poirier. He cuts through Gaethje. He cuts through Paul Felder, Dan Hooker, Kevin Lee, uh, Ally Quinta, Diego Fiera, Edson Barbosa, uh, Gregor Galepsi. Maybe Makachev gives him a, a a problem. Maybe Ferguson does. Maybe Tony does. Uh, Habib Nurmagomedov. Mm-hmm. We know he will. But did you hear all yeah. the talk that Connor had in the build up to this fight about how his actual fight camp for Nurmagomedov he didn't take seriously? Did you hear that? Yeah, he was saying, uh, you know, he yeah he didn't take it seriously. I mean, he was drinking, pretty much partying. His, his uh, coaches were saying the same thing of like, it's nice to see him focused again because he wasn't focused in the Khabib yeah. fight. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, yep. Now that's certainly a level of arrogance, but it's also a matter of, is this, are these excuses? Yeah. They come off. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, they, I mean, whether or not it's true or not, it's, you know, but you also have to understand where the guy's state of mind was at the time. You know, I mean, would he have been too arrogant um, to admit it around that time, because I mean, we know how Connor is, right? When he loses a match, he'll he'll say it out as, as it is, like, "Yeah, this is where I failed. This is where uh, th- these were my strengths. These are my pros. I could do better in this, this, and this. Yes. You know, good job to the other guy. Blah Correct. blah blah." But I mean, you have to understand with the Mayweather fight. I mean, his mentality. He had so much anger. Like, he was just in full berserk rage mode and it was to it was for the business and i get it but i mean you know on top of that his whiskey was coming out and um i feel like there were so many factors um so yeah it's one of those things where is it an excuse or is he in the right mental state to finally admit it but either way it's just you know it, it's nothing but an excuse at this point. The past is past. So. Right. Right. I, I, I like the Connor that we saw this this past weekend. I like the state of mind he's in. I like his attitude. Man, and another thing was the sportsmanship and the respect between these two guys. That's another yeah. thing. And that's what we're seeing a lot of ever since. And I swear, ever since the, the Khabib fight, um, you see nothing but respect, really, for opponents. Yes. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, I think one of the coolest things of respect, somebody was asking Connor about his like uh, legal problems with the assault on the old guy, about the like sexual harassment I, charges yeah, I saw and that. assault charges. And Cowboy yeah. interrupted the, the guy who was asking the question and was saying, whoa, 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 dude, he's already answered this, man. What are you doing? Why are you trying to fuck with this guy? Yep. He already answered these questions in multiple interviews. Yeah. He's He already did like an hour's interview about this like last week. Talk about what's going to happen in the fight, in the ring, like in the octagon, not outside the octagon. We're not here for his outside the octagon. Um, and that was really cool that Cowboy came to his defense. But this goes back to what I was saying. Cowboy can't lose stock. You know, yeah. Cowboy is who he is is an anomaly in in today's fights world, where regardless of his record, people will be rooting for him and people will be cheering for him, and he will have fans. Will he absolutely? Will he be a number one pay per view sellout? Probably not. But will he always be a fan favorite that people want to see? Yes, he will. Side note, by the way, I couldn't I couldn't help but notice when you were drinking your water, 
You look good. Yeah, I'm getting there. You getting there? <laughs> yeah. You're looking thank good, you, man. You're looking thank good. You for noticing. Yeah. I don't know if it's the haircut yeah, or the the trim. You're looking good. It, it could be that. I mean, to to be honest, I haven't worked out in like a week or so because I've I'm actually just getting over being sick. Um, I I'm still kind of congested right now, but um, yeah. I mean, you know, my exercise has been. Uh, that switch game I told you about the last time and kicking your uh, ass, right? Just kind of watching what I eat. Yeah. Uh, ring fit adventure kicking your ass, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Good. Good. So good. That's awesome. But you look good. Being sick probably helped you lose some weight, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. You're probably high on fluids and not eating much. Yeah. That, uh, Sugar-free Gatorades, uh, Crystal Light, and that's about it. Electrolytes, yeah. There you go, man. Yeah. But you look great. You should uh, so. get sick more often. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to jump into uh, something else. Um, again, I don't want to get into the, like, well, who should you fight next? Like, there's so many people that talk the, the mainstream headlines about this shit. There's no need to get into it. What I do want to yeah. talk about... It's something that happened to me uh, on Twitter. So, oh, so on Twitter, uh, somebody posted, uh, NHL reporter posted, Emily Kaplan. She posted a notice mm. about how at the NHL All-Star game, they're going to be uh, having a three-on-three women's event for the skills competition stuff. Like, hey, we have, okay. we like, because last, for the last few All-Star events, they've had, um, professional women's players come and like participate in the events like fastest skater and passing Mm -hmm. events and stuff like this and now they're going to have their own little like all-star three-on-three game and the nhl was like we Mm -hmm. want to have more eyeballs on this we want them to get more involved we're going to do that by having them come in so she posted an article about that and i already knew that there'd be some trolls about this being mad that somehow women are getting involved so i tweeted and i said if you are mad about this happening you're not really a hockey fan. You're an NHL fan, which is fine. But you you can't say you're a fan of hockey. Because if you're a fan of hockey, you should appreciate all forms of hockey. And in this case, women's hockey being introduced more into the NHL All-Star game. Right? Right. Makes sense, yeah. So naturally, people got heated at that for some reason. Because I said, you're not a real hockey fan. Bleh. So people blow up on me. And ironically, or coincidentally, all the people that blew up at me were old white men. So I want to point out something (laughs) about this. And that was the arguments they made for it. So the arguments they made for it was primarily, this is to celebrate the men's game. The the women should not be involved. Which, I guess if that's what you think this is about, sure. That's not very inclusive. And it's also something that the NHL itself is initiating. Because the NHL wants to be more inclusive. Mm. And the NHL wants eyeballs. Because mm. the NHL doesn't care if it's women or children. They want more people in the sport. Because guess what? More money in your pockets. So they don't give a fuck. So they just want more people to participate. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you about this. Because I feel the same way about MMA. And women's MMA. Where I know there's the very select few. We can rewind the clock to when this first got integrated. But I would say I'm a fan of MMA. 
And I would say, I mean, technically I'm more of a UFC fan because I don't follow all the organizations and I don't follow all the, I don't follow everything, like all the grappling organizations. Right. And all that. Like it's with the Muay Thai stuff. There's so much to follow. So I, I prefer yep. saying I'm a fan of UFC because I think that's the most accurate. However, I'm a fan of MMA. And to me, that includes women's MMA. And I was true. Okay. I was trying to think of this in the same sense of how do I apply this hockey concept to MMA for a similar concept where because this still happens where people say, I don't like women fighting. I only like men fighting. Some of that is I don't like the idea or the concept of, you know, women being hurt or being violent. But from a martial mm. artist perspective, and as you know, somebody who trained for a period of time exclusively with uh, a female martial artist, I, if you're a martial artist, you're a martial artist. You're not called a male martial artist. Right. You're just a martial artist. You're a student is kind of how it looks, how it's looked at mm. traditionally. But what is your take on something like that about how, how do you view women's MMA versus just men's MMA in general? And what do you think about that divide that happened and kind of still is definitely not as prevalent as evidenced by the co-main event of a Conor McGregor card being women's MMA with Holly Holm versus Raquel Pennington. But like, what are your thoughts about that? So the problem with all this, and this kind of goes back to a point we I've made in the past, it's, it's the fact that MMA in general, I think is still looked at as this underground just brawling sport. Yes. Um, no matter how professional it's gotten, especially with the ESPN deal and the Reebok deal, as professional as you know these guys are trying to make it, it's still looked at as this underground, uh, like tough man competition type of thing. Brutal. And, yeah. Right. And because of that, And you know what it is, too? It's such a primal thing, right? Because even like going back to the days of the gladiators and stuff, did you ever see women fighting in the Coliseum? No, it was always men. Right. Um, At at least to my knowledge, and from what I'm to understand through history, I mean, I could be wrong or there could be something missing that we haven't been informed of. But as far as I'm concerned, it's always been uh, a male thing to fight. Correct. You know, same thing with like male soldiers. I mean, how recently was it that females were even allowed to join the army? So now going into combat sports, it's still, you know, the idea of women just going in there and duking it out. It's, it's, you know, to some it's like, but why when you should be, you know, at at the house, you know, (laughs) taking care of it or, you know, tending to the garden and, Prancing on in the flower fields or something. I don't know. Washing dishes. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so, I mean, okay, let, let's talk about the UFC in general. I mean, how long ago, I, how long has the women's division actually been a part of the UFC? Since Ronda Rousey. Right? So we're talking 20, what, 2012, 2013, would you say? A yeah. little before then? No, nah, around there. I mean, women's MMA has been around, but if you're talking about the UFC integration... Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Not until... Right. Yeah. Probably around Well, then. because the, the, the thing with women's MMA is they were their own 
like league. They still are. Am I, Invicta. Am I wrong on that? Invicta. Invicta, yes. Yeah, th- yeah. they're still their own league. Yeah. They're kind of like the... Yeah. They're looked at now as kind of like the, the developmental league for uh, women's MMA. But yeah, before they were right. the standard because there was no other place they could fight. So yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, as far as... Now, are you asking for, like, my opinion at this point? Because I know I was kind of, like, ranting. No, no, no. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah like, you're, be, like I, I know you, you are a fan of MMA regardless of its male or female. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely don't have that mindset to where, you know, I, I can, um, where I can say, yeah, women don't belong in the octagon, you know, that that's... I, I never had that mindset. I mean, even as a traditional martial artist, I mean, it it it, it should be open to everybody, anybody, um, no matter what your gender or color is or whatever, where you're, wherever you're from. Right. Um, I just think that people just have this mindset still where they're not seeing it as, and that was my point, there we go, is they're not seeing it as traditional martial artists going in there and actually fighting for real. You know, uh, they're just seeing brawling. Whereas you and I can look at these guys and it's like, oh, we can actually see the techniques being used, whereas somebody who's new to MMA in general, they look at it as a street fight. Right. A professional street fight. That's what a lot so. of people say. A lot of people are like, oh, it's just a glorified street fight. It's like, not, no. Exactly. It's not, it's not a glorified street fight. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to see, you know, people doing perfectly, you know, like Shotokan blocks or whatever and doing these forms no. and katas in the octagon. That's no, just but, not realistic. But, it's not a, a traditional, like, karate tournament. No, but at the same time, you know? like, you're not going to see people... People keep talking about street fights, and it's like, dude, I'm not going to see a street fight where a person squares up and throws a three-piece combo and ends with a switch kick. Like, I'm not going to see that. Yeah. I'm not going to see people do, like, maybe you see somebody do, like, a pump fake and goes for a takedown, but you're not going to really see a lot of technique with people. You're not going to see people, you know, throwing check hooks or circling out, you know, on people stepping in on... Uh, into engagement range like you're you're not going to see that in a street fight i think people just think it's a street fight because of um the grappling i think that's what it is yes because to me and here's the other here's the funny thing the grappling part is is some of the most technical stuff you do and i was just gonna say it's the most technical part and the most tiring it's the most tiring part yeah it's just stopping a takedown on the cage or when you're on the ground Trying to keep somebody in your guard and trying mm-hmm. to keep them from advancing or trying to attack from bottom, try to get your legs on shoulders and get a triangle opportunity or, you know what I mean? Or trying to like, like explode out from somebody who's getting your side control. Like that's, that's crazy technique and crazy athleticism and crazy conditioning. It's just, you're right. Part of it is education. Part of it is education of it. But I was yeah. trying to understand it from the perspective of the people who were like, women shouldn't be fighting. And this goes back to part of it being inclusive, right? Like there's two ways to look at being inclusive. There's the social aspect of, well, it's kind. It's kind to be inclusive. It's kind to open up the doors for other people to participate and to join. That's standard. It's just being, that's being nice. That's being open and welcoming. It, it, that's what it is. It's not being divisive. It's yeah. being inclusive. And then the other side of that is, look at this added benefit. 
hey, we have new customers. Hey, we have new eyeballs on the sport. Hey, we have more views. Hey, we have a new demographic we can we can pander to with commercials. Hey, we can offer more marketing opportunity. Like all of a sudden, like the business opens up. So I'm never surprised when companies get really inclusive, whether it's something like, oh, it's like gay pride week or something or gay pride month, or it's like, oh, it's black history month. Let's like, I'm not surprised companies jump on the bandwagon because it's, it's nothing but a benefit for them. They are, they give the image of being nice, which just as a side effect, that's a great side effect. It's, it's nicer if everybody is nice and it's better if everybody's polite and inclusive. That's just better overall. But then you have the, Sinister side of it, which is, it's for business purposes. That's all it is. It's for business purposes. So, right. I think people can poo-poo all over, like, the NHL All-Star game is only for the men. It's only for the, the male hockey players. Just like, dude, they bring their fucking children on the ice. Like, one of the guys said that. He said, what's next? Junior players being invited? It's like, sure. If the NHL deems that being an initiative... That's the head of the NHL that's yeah. making the call. Not you, buddy. Not me. And sure, I love hockey. If you show me high-level junior players, I'll be happy to watch high-level junior players. We actually have something called that. It's called the World Junior Championship. Like, I'm okay with that. And also, if you're going to poo-poo about this, let's talk about the fact about how these these hockey players bring their kids on the ice. Why am I seeing children on the ice, motherfucker? Mm-hmm. I don't want to see an 8-year-old in hockey gear. It's like, get the stick out of your ass. And it's the same thing how I feel about this. Ooh, you just... What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you just gave me an idea. What What do you think of the idea of a children's MMA? Oh, I'd be ooh, like it, like being official. I mean, granted, I'm sure obviously contests exist, but as far as UFC doing a children's league or some some corporation out there doing a children's league, ooh, um. That would be hard on society because society would probably not want to see kids getting knocked out or getting ripped apart and having their arms broken. So what's your opinion on children's football then? There's a same same thing. Same reason why we don't televise children's football. I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm saying society is going to poo-poo over it because of the, the, the visuals. I'm all for it, dude. Come on. Dude, you and I would show up during the Kung Fu class before we would train. And you, like, actually, no, there were no kids in that one. I would go. I think you came with me once or twice. We went to go to work on rolls and break falls and condition in the corner. And they were doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they were doing kids' classes. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. If the kids are trained, they want to fight, put them in headgear. Let them, not even headgear, just let them fight. But at the same time, that's a horrible visual. People are poo pooing seeing women fight. You think they're going to want to see, like, a 14-year-old kid fight? Well, you know what? To be honest, though, like, I wouldn't mind if they were wearing, like, certain protective gear, like, a you know, a protective, like, headgear or, like, a shin guard or something, you know, just to make it a little bit more safe for the kids. They do that in, uh, but, they do that in Muay Thai. When kids fight, they put on, uh, they have them wear shin guards and uh, uh, headgear. And they just have yeah, which is smart. I, I mean, I, for because because for me, it's not about. I I would love to see uh, a child's fight IQ though. I would just I would love to see children around the world just see how technical a child can get and how much they've learned within their short amount of time on this planet. You know, I'm pretty sure there's a. I mean, I'm I, pretty sure there's a do- documentary on Netflix about um, children fighters and how they're recruited to fight. I'm pr- pretty sure we're. This is a sensitive topic. 
but I understand what you're oh. saying. I'm not. I'm not poo-pooing your, yeah. you talking about it. I'm just saying. I'm pretty sure there's like a whole series like forced children fighting and the betting on children fights in Thailand. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! No! 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 That's a big no-no. I mean, obviously, I want the kids to love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like but. children getting forced to train and fight, and then like people betting on children's fights. I think in Thailand. Oh Jesus! Or Vietnam or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I like your idea, man. Let's take that and let's put it on the mainstream. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Let's uh, let's get some views. Let's get some clicks on it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think it would sell. I think it would definitely sell. I think it would be more shock value, but there's a weird, there's a weird stance for, I think in mainstream North America, like Western society and how they view fighting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Eastern society, Eastern society, like there's a lot of cultures that are more okay with fighting than America. Like Ireland, right. Ireland, it's almost, it's almost standard to have a scrap. Sometimes you go out to the pub, too many drinks, you get, you talk to somebody, you end up going outside, you have a scrap, you go back inside, you guys get drinks together. Like that's kind of a yeah. cultural thing that's not too surprising. The way of life. Yeah, and then yeah, you have like, have you seen slap boxing? I mean, I've heard of it. I've never actually seen it's it. It's two guys at one table standing and they take turns slapping each other as hard as they can to try to knock each other out oh yeah i i okay i've seen it i didn't know that's what it was called though okay yeah yeah they they start at like a certain strength and like the the next one has to do it a little bit harder and they just keep increasing is that what you is that yes. what you're talking about yes yeah yeah, and yeah if you get knocked out in like five time five turns if you get knocked out you lose <laughs> that's some russian shit that's some crazy russian shit yeah that's some hardcore russian shit dude like <laughs> there's a lot of other cultures that are okay with shit or the russian five on five all out mma where you could do like two on one or three on one have you seen that you've seen that five on five and ten on ten just groups of people like in a cage and they run at each other and fight what's the one where it's like um on obstacle courses Oh, There's like a lot of different um, structures and obstacles and it's like a free for all and all these guys just like go on there. They go on these structures and they just fight each other. Ah, oh, God, I don't I don't know. But you see, this is my point. And 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 I want to say it might even be like bare knuckle. I don't think they're even wearing protective gear that I could be wrong on. But I know for a fact it's this weird thing where uh, people fight in like this obstacle course type of thing. And it's, of course, in a different country. But it's not exactly. Um, it's not North America, right? Not North America. No, it, it's it's. Uh, it might be European. Not sure if it's Russian. It's not North American because we are very different with how we handle violence. Yeah. No. No. It's definitely overseas. It might be Russian. I. Excuse me. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Russian. Russians are insane. Yeah, you you see these guys just throwing people off of the obstacles, you know, just <laughs> it's a bloody mess. Yeah, no, Russians are insane. Um, I'm not surprised. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you, you have that kind of comparison. Uh, I don't think um, 
child fighting would be widely accepted here. I'm sure it would in other countries. But uh, mm. yeah, not here, man. Not here. Not here. All right. Or even if even if the uh, UFC just like during one pay-per-view or like every couple of pay-per-views, it's like, hey, this kid and that kid are doing a fight to represent their schools or something. And it, I don't know, maybe just do some like cool advertising thing and you just see these two kids go at it again, geared up, you know, so they don't get too badly injured. But I would just love to see two kids get technical. Uh, that happens. But anyways, I mean, they have that in different disciplines. There's a lot of BJJ events. There's a lot of Muay Thai events and kickboxing events. But MMA, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. But you make a good point. They have yeah. children wrestling clinics and wrestling tournaments. They have BJJ tournaments. Mm-hmm. They have Muay Thai tournaments. They have kickboxing tournaments. They have karate tournaments. They have boxing tournaments. You're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. I want to end everything with a question. We don't have to go too deep because I know we typically go off the deep end on this question. <laughs> okay. But do you think John Jones will lose this year? Hmm. Well, what is who is he looking at? What what uh who is he supposed to go up against? He's fighting uh, Dominic Reyes at UFC 247. Okay. Dominic Reyes is ranked number four. Okay. Um, Dominic Reyes is undefeated. He's 11 and zero. He is 6'4", 205 pounds with a 77 inch inch reach advantage. Um, he's not. It's not going to be John Jones 84. And uh, yeah. Um, I've heard of the guy. Okay, and and he's a he's younger too, right? Yeah. Dominic, yeah, so, you know, here's the thing. I think the only thing negative with John Jones right now is the fact that he's only getting older. But clearly, you know, that's not even really saying much. Um, so, That's tough, man. Okay, Dominic Reyes. Is he... Are we talking more of a striker, more of striker. A, uh, a grappler? Okay, he's more of a striker. Out of 11 wins, um, he's won 55% of them by KO slash TKO. Jesus. Um, In comparison, John Jones has won 43% by KO, TKO. Yeah. Well, the thing is, John Jones just always wins on top of that. Yeah. You know? Um... He has 5.05 significant strikes landed per minute versus John Jones, 4.31. He throws 52% significant strikes to John Jones, 57. He absorbs 2.27 versus 2.03. His grappling is not the same. I think John Jones is probably going to grapple the shit out of him. Yeah. but I mean, honestly, like I said, the only downfall I see is the fact that age might be a factor if i can even use that as an excuse i i don't know man well i'm just saying john jones and habib Nurmagomedov are the only ones who've technically never lost a fight john jones has never lost a right he has a loss for disqualification he's never actually lost a fight yeah disqualified so if we're talking about fight ability do you think john jones oh here's a better question do you think Khabib Nurmagomedov or John Jones will lose this year? Mm. 
Well, I I hope to God John Jones loses, especially to a guy that's of that height, stature. Um, I hope he gets knocked the fuck out. Um, I hope he becomes disabled. Wow. I, I think Again, I've said this before. Like I, I just wish the absolute worst for him. And, you know, it sucks because of how amazing he is at this game. Um, but as far as... Uh, Khabib goes 28 fight win streak, win streak undefeated eight wins by knockout eight wins by submission 50% striking accuracy 45% grappling accuracy he faces uh, he faces Tony Ferguson next if that fight happens if nobody backs out or anything or gets anyone in. gets injured yeah um, you know I think the problem is trying to find Khabib's kryptonite um, and if it was already found and I missed something, people have a hard time getting access to it and utilizing it against, his, you know, to their advantage. Um, do I think he's going to lose? I think it's going to be, I, I, I think it, that match is going to be a war. Um, then again, we've seen top grapplers try to out-wrestle or, you know, use jujitsu against Khabib, and he just dominates no matter what. So, I don't know, man. I want John Jones to lose this year. Khabib is just, we got to find that kryptonite. I don't know. I don't know. What's your opinion? I think... If there's any kryptonite for Khabib, Khabib would be it would be keeping him off the fence. The second the grappling gets to the fence, he takes away and cuts away the posts. So his opponent posts up to try to gain any kind of height, and he takes that away, and then he drops you down, and then he beats you in transitions, and that's how he gets you into a position where you can't defend yourself. I think if it goes to the ground and it stays okay. in the middle of the octagon, I think that's your best chance. Um I honestly think if you keep it into the closest possible scenario of a BJJ match, you have a shot. That's what I think. Yeah. Or yeah. you have the touch of death and you can actually land it. If you can actually land the touch of death like Conor McGregor has, if you, if Conor McGregor mm-hmm. could actually land his left hand, that's a possibility. Like you never know. That could totally that could totally change the game. Or imagine if Tony Ferguson slices and dices and cuts him up from bottom. Like you yeah. never know. Um, ooh, John Jones is another fun puzzle, and I think his his puzzle is difficult because he's very good with his reach. He's very good at keeping distance, and he's very dangerous in the clinch the second it gets close because he's so strong. I think you need to right. outstrike him before it gets to the clinch. I don't know anybody who can beat him in the clinch. He's so hard to take this down. Is true. He's so strong and so tall. He's so creative in the clinch. I think you have to beat him at distance. And I think if you can land a bomb at distance, I think you got a shot. I think that's kind of it. Like, imagine if it was Francis Naganu versus John Jones at heavyweight. <laughs> Your face is perfect. Imagine, uh, imagine that fight. All it takes is just one one hit landing. God damn. Right? That's what it yeah. takes. Yeah. That's what it takes. 
But if that lands, it lands. Yeah. You know? So I'm going to vote and say, ooh, I vote that Khabib loses this year. I think this is the year. I'm now okay. I now I will I'm almost do I almost do it by nature. I always pick the weird shit almost by nature cuz everybody always says the same thing. Oh, he's undefeated. He can't be beat. Blah blah blah. He's invincible. That's boring. Everybody fucking says that. Let's go the other way. I think he I think he gets beat. I think he gets beat by Conor McGregor in the rematch. Uh, that I agree if with. If it's not Tony, that I will if it's not Tony, I bet you he faces Connor. Connor comes in super prepared and he just knocks him out. And then we need a trilogy fight. Super prepared with yeah. The the thing is is I hope Connor maintains this mindset, maintains this current personality he's, you know, he he's portraying or whatever or this 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 state of zen he's in. I, I hope he keeps up with it. I really do. And I hope he doesn't go off the bandwagon again. Yeah. He um, doesn't lose Because his... if he sticks with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we saw Connor in a bad state of mind and going into a fight from a week of partying, I mean, again, his takedown defense wasn't terrible no, compared it wasn't. to other. It wasn't. Yeah. So a, a 100% focus Connor, I'd say he has a chance. Oh, I hope we're right, and then I can I, I will I will share this episode to the mountains just to say, look, everybody, listen, we called it. John Jones loses this year, and so does Khabib. They both lose this year. <laughs> oh man, I bet you John Jones loses to. Ooh, maybe he loses to Dominic Reyes. Who knows? Who knows? But I think Khabib loses. I think Khabib loses this year. Um. Tony or Connor, I, I'm calling it. One of those two is going to beat him. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, man. Good talk. Good yeah. times. Um, I hope you feel better and you keep up your fitness and your water drinking. And uh, I'll see you. I'll see you in two weeks, my man. Yeah, sounds good. Word, man. Peace. Peace. Peace.